0: Hi, I'm Allison Galloway-Gonzalez, and this is Purple Crayon. Hi, and welcome to Purple Crayon. Just a small disclaimer today, I actually have my daughter Maria, who's three and a half in the studio. Um, She's running around eating some chocolate chip cookies that someone at the studio gave her. So if you hear a little extra noise in our recording today, uh, it's the sugar. And it's a a three-and-a-half-year-old. So bear with us today. So just a little background um, before we introduce our guest today. In Duval County Public Schools, we've had an incredible, incredible um, growth in our arts and music Uh, and some dance and theater programs in the last couple of years. In fact, about four years ago... um we added a, an art and music teacher in every elementary school and then moved that up to middle school grade levels. That was not in existence before. Um, our guest today is actually a long timer. She's been with the district for more than four decades now. Um, so she has seen the ebbs and flows of art programs, and positions for art teachers throughout the district, and it's something that really um, ebbs and wanes based on policy, based on budgets. Uh, all of that is really affected at, at the top levels, at federal funding levels, state funding levels, at local uh, school board and sort of superintendent decision making. Uh, and what I'd love to to get come away with today is um, is that all of those things are are in some order of priority uh, for decision makers all the time. And it's up to us to make sure that those people know that the arts is always, always a priority, Um, and maybe even more so in times of crisis than in times uh, of ease. So to cut the arts when it's when it's the easiest thing to cut is probably the worst thing that we can do. Um, It's not something that, that can vary. Uh, It's something that needs to be a constant for our students. So we'll get, Today, we'll get a little bit of insider information from our guest uh, about what a classroom is like, what it's like being an art teacher in uh, our school district, and um, we'll come away with hopefully some action items that we can do um, to help support the arts in Duval County Public Schools. Hi and welcome to Purple Crayon. Today's guest is Miss Terry Woodleaf. She is the visual art educator at Central Riverside Elementary School. She actually has 4 decades in the field. She she has been in elementary school uh, visual arts teacher, she's worked at a local museum, the Cummer Museum of Art and Gardens, uh, and she's here with us today just off of a major award that she won last night. Uh, it's an award that we give out through an initiative called Ensuring the Arts for Any Given Child. And the REACH Award honors an outstanding educator in the field, someone who goes above and beyond, innovates, and has left a wonderful positive mark on generations of students. So Terry uh, won that award. and accepted that during uh, a big event that we had for students called Celebration of the Arts last night. So, she may still be rolling on her her high this morning. So we're gonna we're gonna get her when she's when she's thrilled and it's a good Friday, um, and to talk a little bit about how she became an educator, what being an educator is like for her, and what her classroom is like every day. Something we don't get access to, um, the general public unless you're intimately involved in public schools. So, welcome, Terry. Thank you. Very happy to be here today. Great. Thank you for thank you for coming, and thank you for being will, willing to share your story. Uh, and speaking of your story, I I have heard this one, um, and I am so excited that you're willing to share um, with the people listening. But Terry has an amazing story about how. She became an artist and she became an art teacher Mm -hmm. uh, and how her passion gets infused in her work every day. So, Terry, would you talk a little bit about your your childhood growing up and becoming Mm
1: -hmm. part of the arts? Okay. Um, It really all began as a military brat. My father was in the Air Force, which meant we made lots of moves and I had many schools. And uh, I know I must have missed a lot of instruction at some point and always felt like I was behind. I struggled with math, I struggled with spelling, Um, was pretty good at writing, but I did struggle with those academics. And I can remember in third grade when um, the art teacher came to our room after uh, a lesson to return some posters for a fire prevention poster contest. So she passed them out, and when she gave me mine, I had a blue ribbon on mine and it said second place. And I was very surprised that I actually won an award, but and very excited, thinking, Wow, I'm actually good at something. But it also made me think, Well, wow, if I'm that good, why didn't I get first place? And that I really did uh, think a lot about that. I was very, um, I felt really great to finally be good at something. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be an artist. I, at that moment, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So some days after, I um, asked my mom if she would sign me up for art lessons. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, no, no. Um, you are too busy with uh, ballet and tumbling and Girl Scouts. And there's just no time for that. And your academics are very important. So somehow I had to prove to her that art was my passion. I had to show her that this was going to be the most important thing in my life. So one day, walking home from the bus stop, um, I walked and checked out everyone's trash, which I typically did on trash day, and came upon some little paint-by-number kits that a neighbor had thrown away with the little cups and the snap-on lids, and I grabbed those and I ran all the way home. I went to my mother's typewriter and took out a piece of typing paper, got a pickup stick from a game, some scotch tape and a pair of scissors. And I went into the bathroom and closed the door and cut my hair and wrapped that Mm -hmm. tape around the pickup stick and painted a little bouquet of flowers on the front of a folded piece of paper. And inside I wrote, look, mom, I, I really am an artist. And I can remember so clearly her eyes welling up with tears, and she signed me up soon soon after that for art. And that's pretty much uh, was a real turning point in my life. Um, once I was good at art, I thought, well, what else can I do? What else can I conquer? Uh, being good at art gave me, incredible confidence to try and do a lot of things. I suddenly became a risk taker when I never was before. So can you remind us again how old
0: you were? That's quite the epiphany to have as a kid and quite the determination to prove that to someone. I I think about eight, eight years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you had, it sounds like you were doing a lot of wonderful things and and that your family encouraged a lot of different things, but that they were sort of making up minds about what you should experiment with and try and 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 steer away from and I know that as parents we we try try not to do
1: that but it's mm -hmm. difficult it kept me busy and I think that was really important to keep keep us all busy and engaged I tell people all the time that I,
0: I feel like I've I've gone through more art forms than most kids get access to Mm -hmm. even trying um, now because I had them through public school. Yes. Um, That was something, a place where you could go and try and see what you were good at and that people would listen And when you wanted to go one Mm -hmm. track or the other. I had had not quite that extreme of a story, but I, I certainly knew. What I loved very early on, Um, I laughed that all the kids had lemonade stands Mm -hmm. and I chose to draw and make sculptures and sell them door to door (laughs) instead of having a lemonade stand. And I was about the same age as you were when you had that story. So I think we don't give kids credit enough Mm -hmm. for making decisions and and knowing what really sparks their interest Mm -hmm. early on enough. So can you tell me about that experience, recognizing that at that age? How does that change what your classroom's like, how you interact with students when they're in your classroom.
1: Well, I know that when they come to my room, that they were, they are just like I was when I was their age. So I know that what I'm doing is important. I know that I need to be encouraging. And we always try to fix mistakes. I explain that that's what artists do. You alter or change something until it looks like you want it to look like like, let's say if it's a if it's an apple and it doesn't look like an apple, you can make a little mark and make a change. And no one ever really knows what the apple that you were looking at really looked like, Um and they like that. Like um, I can show them how to draw a butterfly that is supposed to be perfectly symmetrical and maybe the one side is not a mirror image of the other. And I can show them just with a couple of strokes, you can make those mistakes look like part of the design and then it's fixed. And they think that that's just incredible. That,
0: that's a really wonderful sort of way of getting kids through this Academia that seems to put right and wrong answers above mm-hmm. everything else, and that there's a there's a mix and there's an interpretation, and and there's also working on something until it it's right or it's right for you yes. or it's right for
1: which is uh, we're very limited because my students have art once a week for forty five minutes, mm-hmm. so soon a child might be you know fully engaged in a project, and then I have to tell them it's time to to stop and put it away and we'll work on it again next time. And I really hate that. I wish we had more open-ended sessions. I think that they would be a lot happier. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So tell me, because I think most people listening won't really understand what it, what an ideal visual arts classroom. Mm-hmm. So you talked about that that frequency and that length of time isn't quite what you need to get out of the students or to have them have the experience you would want. What what would an what's an ideal classroom look like for you? Either time frame or visually
1: the space. How do we know it's a great visual art class? I think I'm very proud of my class and my classroom, and uh, I really have tried to make it outstanding. And I know that that other art teachers have come just to see and get ideas and. And I'm very honored that they do that, Uh, but I've worked hard at that because art is visual, and that's what get kids gets children excited when they come in the room. Um, Lots of um, the time frame, forty five minutes. If it were longer, it would be so much better. Once a week is uh, that's pretty good for me. I think that that's really great. I'd love to see them twice a week, but when they come in, um, I there are many visual. Things happening, lots of vocabulary, lots of reproductions, art they should know from the old masters. I'm really trying to focus more on African American artists now. I've uh, did a uh, unit not long ago on Black History during Black History Month, where we studied Kahinde Wiley, who did the portrait of President Obama. And to see the look on my students' faces when they saw how excited I was about the the artist and what he did, I showed some video clips of the unveiling, had the newspaper clipping. I showed them where I had actually emailed the artist. Of course, I haven't heard from him yet, but they really were very excited. Most of my students are African-American, so it was very meaningful, and they really could make a connection with that. They heard a lot about that already from home, so that was very exciting. I, I, th- I know it's
0: something that we're all working on, um, many of us are working on, but that representation piece, seeing artists that look like them,
1: yes. seeing...
0: Um, For young girls to talk more about women artists, for uh, students of color to see artists of color doing beautiful things and being recognized Mm -hmm. for them,
1: I think is really an important piece of that. And that was Kahende Wiley's motivation. Uh, because he would walk into museums and not see anyone that looked like him. And he states that in a video clip that I showed the students. And they really get it. We have a partnership with the Cummer Museum, at which they have offered us, given us uh, reproductions uh, to hang in our halls right outside my room. And there, one, there is one of an African-American boy. And uh, I, I love that because I really think that that way they can relate to the collection at the Cummer Museum. I think that's wonderful. So, um, tell me a little bit
0: how you interact with your students. So, first of all, I think we need to set the stage. How many students do you have? How many young people are under your tutelage at the moment? Right
1: under 400. Yeah. Right that's under a 400. Lot. Um, kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have deaf and hardy of hearing students at my school. Uh, and they, because they are so visual, because of their disability, they are very good art students. Mm. It's probably a, a classroom
0: where everything's a little more at ease. Absolutely. For them. Absolutely. Because it's it's a natural thing that they don't have to work at something so, no. so hard or feel deficient in some way. No. Because they're...
1: Well, it's very important that um, an art teacher is very encouraging and not correcting everything they do um, and make them feel good about what they're doing. So I can tell you that um, my students do have assigned seats, which helps me learn all of their names. And I do think I know Pretty much every one of their names and the correct pronunciation, which and which is sometimes can be a little tricky. Um, I do have a more relaxed uh, classroom management style, but um, there are, I do have some art teachers that I mentor who have used some of my strategies for behavior management and classroom management.
0: I have heard from many teachers in the district that you are someone to look up to, and that if you want an example of of a Not just a well-run classroom, but a joyful classroom, an inspiring classroom to come into yours. So, thank you for describing that a little bit for the rest of us. Um, I'm sure you don't want people traipsing in and out of your classroom, but (laughs) but I think we can encourage people to to get involved in the public school system and to really understand what behind those doors, um, Uh, mm -hmm. what goes on in teachers' classrooms. I think people would I think people would be surprised because we just hear um, hear about deficits in the public uh, school system and this or that but I think if people really go classroom by classroom teacher by teacher they'll see a- absolutely amazing things
1: absolutely and there are many art teachers like myself that do arts integration mm. and um, collaborate with the classroom teacher see what they're teaching so that when like for example I just finished a unit uh, with second grade on insects and It was so great to collaborate with those second grade teachers. And the students come in and they're like, wow, we've been studying that. And so everybody wins. I win because they already have that background knowledge. The classroom teacher wins because I'm reinforcing what she's already taught. And the kids win because they've already made a connection and come in with that background knowledge. So everyone is very successful. That's great. So um, it sounds like you have very
0: open colleagues uh, to collaborating yes. that really makes a difference and we, we I think as as we sort of have siloed educational areas that that collaboration has had to be built back into the system mm-hmm. and I think that we're starting to do that um, but I think one of the things when when I started doing this work was I, I noticed that there were some sort of collaborative efforts but the arts department and the arts teachers and the uh, other classroom teachers did not have that time because the art teachers were being used as sort of this resource to yes. house kids while the other teachers were collaborating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it makes me wonder about sort of the entire system's uh, respect for that arts integration piece, but I think we're, we're learning to get there. And it sounds like at your level that that's been very effective as well.
1: I'd like to think so. I think so. We, um, in the curriculum that uh, we have, it's not very old. Um, I was actually part of that curriculum writing team. Um, We did explore lots of cross-curricular Uh, instruction and made uh, some suggestions as to what could be done to align with state standards in math, science, and language arts. That's wonderful. And we have, um, as a district, uh,
0: announced or sort of designated four elementary schools in the district for arts integration focused learning, Mm -hmm. which I think is a big step as well. Yes. Have you had
1: any interaction with those? uh, I, I actually have and getting ready to very soon. I've been talking with my principal about it and she actually requested and we will have a uh, workshop on the next early release day, an arts integration workshop. We um, I know we have teachers on at Central Riverside who will be open and receptive to arts integration. Um, part of our partnership with the Cummer Museum are some workshops that they hold uh, in services free for teachers, and they gain professional development points, which is very important. And um, they, we have many teachers that are open to it already. So I'm pretty excited to see where this workshop is going to lead. And I'm pretty excited about being a part of that, too. Great. Um, is there anything else that you would like to the general
0: public to know? about what you do on a daily basis and and what your students do on a daily basis that we may not have insight
1: into? Well, not many people get to see because <laughs> uh, I, sometimes I close the door when I if I, I become a little animated. But I do have a puppet, and he is a big part of my instruction. His name is Arturo, and he has a French accent. And uh Even though his name is Italian, his uh, mother is from Italy, his Mm -hmm. father is from France, and my students love him. And I've been at Central Riverside for five years, so even my first graders, who are now fifth graders, they ask to see the puppet, bring Mm -hmm. him out. Um, We do, I have uh, some songs that teach the elements and principles of art and color mixing that um, I use in the younger grades. And even in 3rd and 4th grade i could start singing the lyrics of that song and hear the chil- children just chime right in they still remember music is very a very magical way of teaching mm-hmm. absolutely it sounds like you're teaching through music and through a
0: little bit of theater. oh yes yes <laughs> it's wonderful so um... What is it about elementary school? Because you've been with those grade levels for some time, and I talked to middle school uh, arts teachers, and they wouldn't teach anything other than middle school, and high, same with high school. So, what is it about the elementary school grades that that really attracts you?
1: I feel like I best relate to the younger children. I think uh, that I uh, I'm very nurturing, being a mother and a grandmother, um, but. I've never, honestly, I think it goes back to an insecurity of my own art and my um, confidence in teaching art to kids that are older. I know that it's very important at this young age to lay a foundation, and I feel like I'm very good at that. So I have continued to develop that, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job. That's great. And I I think, um, I don't know whether conscious or unconscious,
0: but being there when they're that age that you had that epiphany essentially Mm -hmm. and being able to notice those things and then, and then cultivate them, uh, and allow them to make those choices. Is, is is probably a little bit in there, is it not?
1: It's pretty exciting. It's it's really great when uh, I see students walking down the hall in the morning, and they say, "Today's my art day. I'm so glad that I'm coming." And and they'll wear t-shirts like uh, like for example, one little girl this week, her t-shirt read, "Art is my favorite sport." And uh, there are others that they. Um, they come and they show me the things that they've learned. For example, um, we, le- we teach color theory, but also the elements and principles of art. I've been talking a lot about unity in fashion design and interior design, how you can pick out colors for your bedroom or accessorize an outfit so that your socks match your belt, match your, your bow. Uh, so kids will come up to me and say, look, Mrs. Woodleaf, I have unity in my, in my outfit, and um, they're very excited about that. I really uh, know that I'm getting through to them and that they will apply that knowledge after they leave my classroom.
0: So, Terry, before we close out, I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. Um, and I will say, as someone who goes in and out of arts education and the public school system uh, and who's also a mom, I get intimately aware of all the things that are going. I sort of know the avenues of support and and pieces of that. But the, to the general public, how do we help make sure that teachers like you have the things that they need, are supported in the ways that they need? And how do we keep fabulous arts instructors like yourself in the public school system and, and able to teach
1: all the kids and... All the kids to have access to the arts. Parents and community members and teachers should all reach out to school board members, uh, legislators, absolutely anyone in a decision making um, position to support the arts and fight for the arts. They're always the ones to be cut first. Um, But if it can really change the lives of children to go in a positive direction like it did mine, I mean, I'm convinced that art changes lives. That's wonderful.
0: Terry, thank you so much for being on. I think you change lives. I think you change lives for the better. And I think the the more kids that have access to an instructor like you at an early age, the better off we're all going to be, especially in the next generation. So thank you so much for over- all that you're doing. Thank you for being on the show today. I know it was a big night for you last night. And um, it was an extra effort to come here today. But you are so eager to share your story and to share your passion that I knew I could ask and you'd be here. So thank you for
1: giving me the opportunity to advocate for what I think is the most important thing. Thank you.
0: Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Terry is such an amazing educator, and I love that she gave us a little behind the scenes about what her day to day is like. I think we all assume what we know the day of a teacher is like, um, but I don't. I don't think we all truly understand the impact that they're having and how many kids, uh, especially our teachers, are reaching. Uh, Every week. So I was really thrilled to get uh, an expert teacher on here to tell us a little bit about her day. I think uh, it's important for us to remember that we have individually, we have duties to help folks like Terry do the best job that they can by supporting public schools, by supporting the arts in public schools. And we do that through advocating it doesn't matter whether you're a parent, whether you have any interaction with the, the school system right now, um, but your voice still matters as a, as a voice of the public uh, saying that we have to have arts in our schools. We have to retain uh, teachers like Terry who are, are doing a phenomenal job. We need to let folks know not just that art is nice, but that art is a priority. Uh, and, and that's what... Terry's sort of alluding to when she talks about that the arts is the first to get cut. While we may have great art programs right now, what happens is if we don't prioritize it, it's the easiest thing to knock off the slate. And what we have to do is not be under that pressure all the time, but to make arts an essential part of a young child's education—it's not something that can go away if if funding is scarce. It's an essential part, just as math, just as reading, just as science, is to educating a child. So please make sure that um, if you believe this, um, go f- forward, talk to a school board member, come to a school board meeting, write a letter to. Um, Uh, your city council, write a letter to senators or House of Representatives and let them know all the time that arts is a priority. Every day they're making decisions about priorities. And if the arts isn't even on the radar, then it doesn't get put into legislation, policy, budgets, etc. It's up to us to make sure that every kid deserves to go through and have an experience with an educator like Terry.